to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive Redefined is opening for enrollment on October 1st. If you have a dog who lunges, barks, loses their shit at other dogs, people, skateboards, squirrels, Reactive Redefined was literally created specifically for you. Reactive Redefined is our online coaching program that can give you all of the emotional support and practical skills to make huge strides in your reactive dogs training. This is going to be the last time we offer Reactive Redefined in 2021. I got to tell you guys in 2022, the price is going up quite significantly. So if you want to join Reactive Redefined, October is your last chance for 2021. We would be delighted to have you in the program. We have just been had so much fun getting to know all of the beautiful people that have joined us in the past. So Reactive Redefined is open for enrollment on October 1st. Link to that is in the show notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have another reactive redefined case study for you. And one of my beautiful clients, Jenny, is with me tonight, and she's going to tell us all about her journey. It is a very tumultuous journey. And I specifically asked her to be on the podcast because I know a lot of you will be able to relate and commiserate with like the drama of owning slightly cray cray dogs. And I think you will also be inspired with all the work she has put in and the progress she is seeing. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners and definitely introduce both dogs? Yeah. So I'm Jenny. Um, we're proud owners of two Aussies. We have Tucker, who is our reactive guy who we'll talk mostly about, I think here. And then we have another Australian shepherd named Scout. And, um, they're just, my little crazy duo. So we're just here in Denver, living it up. (laughs) Okay. And so our situation is a little little unique because I did work with you guys in person before you joined reactive redefined because you had some other things happening besides just the reactivity. But before we jump into that, do you want to tell everybody a little bit of the backstory of Tucker? Because I think it's really relevant to, to who he is. Yes, I think so too. Um, so we got Tucker in COVID. (laughs) He's a COVID puppy. So we got, he was born in December of 2019 of all times. And we got him in May of 2020. So he was about just reaching, I think 20 weeks or something like that when we got him and we picked him up off a ranch in Texas. Um, so he was, um, surrounded by other dogs and livestock and kittens and, Um, fortunately there were like kids in the home where he came from so he is like very well socialized with humans and kids he loves kids um so that's great but um part of that was he lived outside 24 7 even as a little puppy and he lived with a lot of other dogs and I think that's kind of where he started off getting his little issues with other dogs. And I think that maybe is where it kind of sparked. Um, He also, poor guy, he was a myriad of health issues um, from the get-go, including allergies, like skin infections, anemia, all that. So he was at the vet a lot when we first got him. And I think that also 
added to his um, stress and reactivity and kind of his anxiety at such a young age. So I think that's kind of the basis of where we started out with him. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is important because I know that this has kind of been like a learning experience for you as far as like when you go to acquire another dog, what you may do differently and like the looking process. Do you want to speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, huge. So first of all, I wouldn't have gotten another Aussie to be honest. Um, I mean, yeah, looking back at what kind of happened, I would definitely look more into like who are mom and dad, if, if possible, if that's able to be known. Um, like why, um, is this person or breeder or rescue like selling or trying to adopt this dog out? Like what's the reason for it? And then also kind of the breed itself. So as much as I love Scout, um, our older Aussie, she's very unique in the fact that she's more than happy to go for a five mile hike, 10 mile hike. She can travel, be in the car, loves humans, loves dogs. I think she's a very special case of an Aussie, whereas that is not the breed norm. And I think just doing your research, research, research on your breed and how it fits into your lifestyle is really important. And also, um, I think I, looking back, I don't think I'll adopt a dog without kind of knowing very specifically what their past is and how they grew up as from day one, because adopting a 20 week old puppy during COVID was kind of a recipe for disaster. Um, and that's just being real. Um, and as much as we love Tucker, he was set up for a little bit of failure at day one, just with all these different things going on. So definitely next time, I think I'll, I'll do a little bit more searching <laughs> for wow. maybe not a Aussie. I love them so much. They're a great breed, but just, um, having two of them in Denver in the city is a little much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people can relate to that, right? Because like a lot of us go in with, you know, all of like the hopes and dreams and acquiring a dog. And then as we get to know the dog and we kind of look back, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe an Aussie who lived outside all the time with a bunch of dogs was going to come with issues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. And I have to <laughs> you, right? Because you just stepped the fuck up. You're like, cool. So Tucker needs our help. What are we going to do here? Okay. So I think that that's a really good segue into the type of training that you sought initially before you met me. So do you want to speak to that a little bit? Um, yeah. So the training that, um, he kind of was a part of before we met you and like, thank goodness we met you. Let's just be honest there. But, um, we were taking him to, um, I won't name the place, but we were taking him to a place that focused on e-collar training. Um, and so a lot of it was reinforcement with like vibration or like a buzz. Um, I wore the e-collar before I put it on him. Um, but as such a young little guy who already had fear, a tendency to be reactive, a tendency to lash out. Um, I didn't really see any of that in him before we started the e-collar training. And I think that just kind of escalated. It was going to happen eventually. We, he was going to show us that eventually, but I think it hastened the timing of like how fast he was going to show us all that. And, um, pretty much immediately he became more fearful, more reactive, more dog reactive. He actually like attacked the trainer's dog during a session, but completely unprovoked. And so 
that was the first time I was ever actually ever sat down and I was told your dog is reactive. And I was like, what, what is that? You know, I've never had a dog that doesn't like or enjoy being around other dogs. And Tucker had been fine with Scout. So it was kind of a shock, <laughs> to be honest. Like we were sitting there kind of in shock about what do you mean he's reactive? What do you mean he attacked another dog? Like he's 25 weeks old. Like, what are you talking about? So that was kind of um, what we did before we met you was we tried the e-collar route and it did not go well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just to give all of the listeners a little bit more info, since I know you guys so well, you did e-collar training with Scout and because Scout is so well balanced, there wasn't like that immediate fallout, right? There wasn't like that immediate, like, oh my God, this is not a good option. Right. So like being a pet guardian, you're like, okay, so this worked for Scout. So this should probably be fine. Right. Um, yeah. And it's brutal, right? Because Tucker's one of the many dogs who it really intensifies the stuff that's going on, right. And makes it worse. And then you're out a bunch of money because you spent all this money with the e-collar trainers yeah. and all they can tell you is like the dog's reactive and aggressive. You're like, okay, so what <laughs> the fuck do we do about it? Right. Exactly. And their suggestion was to increase the intensity, right? Yes, that was exactly what their advice was. And they even went so far as to do like e-collar plus the prong collar plus a muzzle. And I was standing there and I remember distinctly standing there and I had a moment of, this is not what I want for my dog. This is not, this does not feel good. And I know it doesn't feel good to him. And if it doesn't feel good to me, then there's something wrong. This is not right. So that was actually the very last time he ever stepped foot in there. I never took him back because it just, I was like, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> right. There has to be a better way. There, there has, has to, to be, be a better, better way. way. And there is. <laughs> there is. Oh my God. Okay. So I feel like we have to give a shout out to Vet CS because that is how you found me. Is it not? Yeah, it is. I found you through Trish from Vet CS. So we actually were, I had talked to the vet and I said, there's got to be another way. I wasn't ready to quite do Prozac yet. He is on Prozac now, which shout out to Prozac. Thank you very much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was looking into, um, CBD and the vet said, Hey, I know this great company. They're based in Colorado, vet CS, check them out. Trish and I started talking about Tucker's issues. And then she said, you have to call my best friend, Rachel. So that's what I did. And here we are. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I'm so glad to be connected. Okay. So when we worked together in person, the initial problem was that Scout and Tucker were fighting pretty yes. bad. Right. Yeah. Yes. There was a very specific fight that led me to um, call you desperately for help saying, we're going to rehome this dog if we can't find something to do or worse, because I don't think he would have made it through a shelter or I don't think he would have made it through a foster. I honestly don't. Um, well, so sadly, he wasn't, he was a real risk, right? Like even in your hands and going somewhere else. Yeah. It would have been not a great prognosis, unfortunately. Yeah. And my heart just totally broke over that. And so yeah, Scout and Tucker were fighting. Um, there was a particular situation where Tucker had latched on and would not let go. My husband had to pry him off and there were bite marks and Scout was hurt and we were all a little traumatized to say the least. Um, so that's what led us initially to seek help because outside the home was kind of bad enough. And then now that it was now in my home and I was having to deal with this, I can't watch them 24 seven. It became a very scary situation. So, right. 
So I remember that first session and I had to help you understand and change the framework, right? Because you've done a lot of training with Scout before. And it's not like you were a complete novice, you, you know, you had training under your belt, but it was a real mindset shift, right? From the like, we have to correct them and punish them to like, let's set them up for success. Let's do some more reinforcing. So can you just speak to like how that information felt initially when I was like giving you like a very different um, application of training than you had used in the past? It was a, it rocked my world a little bit. Um, a lot, actually. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I'm going to like be giving my dogs treats. And like, I have to have a treat pouch on me. And like, I don't understand. Like I was worried about all sorts of things, but yeah, it definitely rocked my world and really challenged a lot of what I had thought of and what I was doing before, because it was like, oh, they're acting up collar. Oh, they're doing this collar instead of in correcting the behavior instead of saying, oh my gosh, you made a good choice here. Good job. Here's a, here's a reward, a high value reward. And so learning like the different tiers of rewards and like, how are the different ways that we can acknowledge our dogs for making good choices instead of only punishing them when they're making the choice that we don't want. And so really just changing my mindset about that. I, well, I soaked it in like a sponge because number one, it was different than what I had seen before. And I was seeing it work right before my eyes. I mean, you know, Aussies are very intelligent dogs and just watching you interact with my dogs and seeing them respond so quickly. I was like, whoa, I need this. This needs to like be a part of our daily lives from now on. So yeah, definitely the treat, like we did away with the colors, did away with the remotes, like just have your treat pouches, have your high value treats and just learning to be creative with training and uh, really opened mine and my husband's mind to the whole new world of positive reinforcement. It's not something we had ever really experienced before, so. Well, and it made my job easy, right? Because Scout and Tucker are so people friendly. I walked in the door, they're like, hey, <laughs> what's up? I started like giving treats and you could just see them both just light up like, really? Okay. Like <laughs> best day ever. Right. So like, I, I love those. I love those first sessions when the dogs really just take to me really easily and I can show you and you're like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> totally do this. Okay. So we did lots of sessions together in person. We did a lot of behavior modification and, and we really worked on the relationship between the two of them. Right. And I yeah. think that removing the aversives and the punishment from the equation that even in and of itself was hugely helpful for their ability to coexist. And like, it's interesting because they were fighting, but it's not that they didn't like each other, right? Like they were still playing, they still enjoyed each other's company, but we just kind of had to like find a better rhythm for them. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with hundred percent of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then after we work together in person, you're like, okay, so now we need to focus on Tucker out in the world, right? Because we, we tackled the fighting and some of the stuff that was happening at the home. Yes. And I had suggested that you join reactive redefined. And do you want to just kind of talk a little bit about that transition, right? From like us working together in person to like kind of going this virtual route now? Yeah, it was really interesting because it's definitely completely different. Um, I was a little intimidated at first, but I knew I had like seen kind of testimonials and like heard some things and had looked on your Instagram and just heard really amazing things about this program. So it was definitely an adjustment to go from like seeing you in person and like in-person sessions to now we're completely online. We're taking videos, we're watching course content, all of that. But 
actually I like I loved both ways you know and I love reactive redefined I think it's so fun to like get on the call with everybody and just kind of share and like bounce ideas off of each other and just have like a guided discussion about what's going on and like what we can do better and how we can learn best and it's also really refreshing to be on reactive redefined because having a reactive dog is so isolating like it's so incredibly isolating and you just think like you have thoughts of being a failure and like all these like a human emotions that like come up and you struggle with and like you're on the call and everyone feels the exact same way as you and like is living it right now with you and so that part of it too like that support is was hugely appreciated and is hugely helpful um because you're not alone and if you have a reactive dog it sucks and you know it can it gets better it can get better with a lot of work and love and time and effort and support but it's it's hard yeah it's a roller coaster for sure okay so let's talk a little bit about tucker out in the world because that was really our main focus when you joined reactive redefine right like let's troubleshoot the leash reactivity because neighborhood walks have been a struggle for a while right like it's it's not new so let's talk a little bit about the meds first because i feel like the meds got us to a point where we could really tackle outside yeah absolutely i was hesitant um we started on CBD, which was great, but it wasn't really doing exactly what I needed it to do. Like I needed him to have like a little extra of a boost. Um, so we actually called our vet who's been our vet for almost six years. I trust her so much. And she was like, well, yeah, we can definitely do a, a dose of Prozac. And if he responds well, if you want to, we can teeter him down a little bit so we can like teeter the dose. So he's not on this high dose constantly. Um, so that was huge. It was just like that little extra nudge that he needed to just kind of like calm down the brain. Let's be able to listen because I mean, before he wasn't even taking treats, you know, I was, I would tell you like, help me. He's not taking treats. Like I literally have a hot dog right here and he doesn't want it. I'm like, what is going on? Um, but the reactivity was so intense. He just could not think or focus on anything What's else. Also threshold the second you went outside. Yes. Whether you were in the yard or in the car, like anywhere outside, Tucker was no longer home, right? No. Like yeah, he was just like, yeah, he's like checking out. Goodbye, Tucker. He's in outer space. He's panting. We're not even out the driveway yet. And he's already like looking around, you know, at what he needs to bark at or protect himself from or the, whatever reason he feels. Um yeah is very hard. So that Prozac was the nice little extra bump that allowed us to be able to take treats and to maybe look around and, <laughs> you know, um, it was highly recommend. Yeah. I, God, right. Just I do like normal things, right? Yeah. Like, right. Because I remember we worked on find it, right. We taught him how to find it and then he couldn't, <laughs> we'd be out in the world. He's like, Nope. Cannot <laughs> even, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so we so after the fluoxetine was in his system, we had that on board. Then we started making some changes to the routine. So, um, can you just kind of elaborate for everybody? Like, so y'all live in Denver and just kind of elaborate, like how many triggers you're seeing, what that looks like, right? You were kind of facing the gauntlet every day. Oh yes. Yes. Um, because we, we hadn't before, you know, we met you and before reactive redefined, we didn't know, like, words like trigger. We didn't understand what the concept of like an emergency U-turn was or avoidance or, you know, putting their, 
putting your hand in their face and being like, here's a treat. Look at that. Find I, we didn't know all these things yet. So we were basically armed with like a treat pouch and a leash. And we were like going out and we were seeing dogs are his big trigger, especially dogs barking. If a dog barks from any distance away, or if he sees a dog that he's unsure of, he will just lose it. Like he goes ape. Like he <laughs> just loses his mind. And it's, he's not that big of a dog. He's only 45 pounds, but it's intense enough to scare people. And it's intense enough to make people be like, what the heck is wrong with your dog? You know? And it's like yeah. not super fun to be attached to a dog who's no. like, yeah. and he's only 45 pounds, but he is strong, he's very right? Strong. Like, in addition to the reactivity, he was just constantly at the end of the leash. Yeah. Constantly at the end of the leash, constantly yanking my arm out of the socket, like not taking treats, squirrels, dogs, cats, um, not so much humans. Cause he just like loves humans so much. Um, he has the opposite problem with humans. He wants to like jump on them and like climb all over them. <laughs> um, but he loves humans, but yeah, any, any trigger like that out in the world. And we're in Denver, like there it's literally every block you'll see like multiple dogs, we live in like a neighborhood, so we're just, it's everywhere. And it's its hard if, if you're not prepared to deal with it properly with positive reinforcement, kind of help him have a pleasant experience. There's no, there's no, nothing pleasant about it. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, I want to talk about one of the initial changes I asked you to make, and that was walking him on a longer leash. Yes. And I know that that comes with caveats, right? Because he is strong. He is reactive. There's longer leash that definitely requires more for you. But the goal was to decrease some of like the frantic, frenetic energy, because when he reaches the end of the leash and he feels that tension, he tends to escalate just with the leash tension alone. So yes. do you want to talk about just that simple change we made and kind of like how that's going for you? Um, it's going really, really well. I really enjoy it. <laughs> um, so there, yeah. So you recommended the Biothane 15 foot, which I like immediately bought like the same time we were talking and it's been great. Um, he needed to get used to it a little bit at first because he would still kind of like go to the end of it and then be like, Oh, I'm at the end and I'm 15 feet away from you. Haha, <laughs> Come get me. Um, <laughs> But now, now we've been able to like work on find it with him with it. And we've been able to take him to the park and just let him sniff around and just not be right next to me. And also like earlier on in when he was younger, I had this like false thinking that like your dog has to walk right next to you and your dog has to be at attention. And it's like, no, for the love of God, please let your dog sniff. Like, please let your dog, you told me one time it's like them meditating. And I truly see that in Tucker. And when I take him to the park or anywhere where he can be on a long lead and just letting him sniff and explore the world, his anxiety will just, you can just see it slowly dropping, 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 dropping. And, you know, we're still working on, um, you know, if he's on the sidewalk and I have a long lead, it does take a little bit more effort because you're looping it around and you're making sure you're not getting tangled and all this stuff. But Honestly, it's so worth it. Um, that was a really, really good change. And we started doing um, just early morning walks to the park, like short car rides to the park, anything like that. And yeah, it definitely makes a huge difference than like a tiny little four foot lead that he's just like yanking on the entire time. It, it's a huge, huge difference. 
Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things too, that like for Tucker as an individual, because he is so anxious, right? Like bless his heart. He has a lot of emotion surging for him when he is out in the world. It was one more stressor when you had to tell him you have to walk right next to me. You have to walk right next to me. Right. So it's like when we removed that, I feel like everybody's life just got a little bit easier, right? Because he needed it. And I think you needed it too, because like from the human end, it is fucking exhausting to feel like you constantly have to keep correcting the dog and making the dog walk at your side when clearly the world is very interesting, right? Yeah. And we're just totally depriving our dogs if we're asking them to do that all the time. Like why even take them on a walk at that point? you know, in my opinion, it's just fun for anybody. So why do it? (laughs) Okay. So I remember telling you about the shake off and I was like, okay, watch for him on walks. Does he shake off? And he wasn't for a while. Was he? No, not at all. It was just back and forth. Look, look, tongue hanging way out of his mouth, panting. Um, I don't remember seeing like any shake offs early on. Um, and now he shakes off constantly. <laughs> and now that I'm able to recognize it and see it and know what it means, it means a lot to me now because I can be like, okay, good job, buddy. Good job. Like, good job. I know that was hard or that was very stimulating, but you're shaking it off and that's good. And I now notice it even when he's home too, just between dog dog interactions or, you know, anything that comes up that he is kind of like, unsure of I can watch for that shake off and it's been really nice to see him and he's sniffing on walks now and it's really nice to see it's a huge difference it's kind of amazing (laughs) so amazing and I feel like as soon as you started empowering him to make those choices literally he was like wait a minute what okay right like he is a very like active learner. He's a very engaged learner. He really thrives doing it. Not that all dogs don't, but I think him in particular, right? When we were like, if you do this, you get a treat. And he was like, cool, got it. Gonna do it. Right? <laughs> so like, I feel like that was the combination of his breed. And then we added the meds in there. So his brain could do what we needed it to do. He really retains information nicely. Yeah. Yeah, he does. You can okay, see so, <laughs> right. Okay. So let's talk about the reactions as of right now, because before reactive redefined, he was reacting and pretty much just going over threshold, right? Like there wasn't really coming back, but these days it's not that he's not reacting, but you have more skills and he's able to like come back down to earth. So it's not like a game ender. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So today, um, you know, you take him on a walk today and we still like to go early. We don't, we're not going to take him out at like noon when there's dogs everywhere. We're still in reason, you know? So we like to take him out early in the morning when there's a little less traffic and he can look at dogs. Now he can look at a dog and then look back at me and he can make that choice. He's now capable of making the choice of like, am I going to freak out or am I not? Hmm. And for him, I'm learning his distance. So right now his distance, um, below threshold distance is about 20 feet. Um, we're hoping to like inch that closer and closer, but you know, he's young. We have plenty of time. Um, but, um, learning his triggers, you know, learning all these things so he can look at other dogs now and not freak out. He can take treats on walks. He can shake off. He can walk, you know, without pulling me down the street. Um, he can do all the things that I feel like, you know, is making him happy instead of making him completely stressed out. And it makes myself happy as well to see him like thriving and making those choices and just being more comfortable in the world 
around him. And we had some like back fence issues as well. So now he can kind of have a reaction. He can like, our neighbor dog will bark and he'll, he'll go to the fence and he'll do his thing. Then he'll come back to me. He'll say, Hey, I came back to you, mom. Can I have a treat now? Yes, buddy. You can have a treat now, you know? And he's able to, instead of progress, because you, when I met you, you built a higher fence because you thought he was going to jump over the fence. He did. I mean, oh, he did jump over the fence. No, he did not jump over it. Sorry. But we built a higher fence. We, because the one that we had was not high enough. (laughs) We were scared. So yeah. Even with your six foot fence, you were scared he was going to hop over, right? Like, and it was intense, right? Like that's some of the more intense, like fence reactivity I have ever seen. (laughs) The fact that he can disengage on his own is just, I mean, huge progress, huge progress. Yeah, it is. And he can come back down and, you know, his um, time to recover is much less as well, which before reactive redefined, it was like zero, like he would not be able to come back there was no coming back after you know so now to see him be able to do that and just kind of self-regulate and make good choices is is really huge to see it's really really huge oh my god that's so awesome okay and so let's talk a little bit about the course content because like obviously we're we work together in person i gave you a lot of tools but i feel like when you join reactive redefined we kind of opened your world to like actually there's like 50 other skill sets right like there's all these other cool things you can train so do you want to kind of speak to that like as you were looking through the course content for reactive redefined being like okay maybe i did not learn it all yet (laughs) yeah no absolutely not yeah looking at the course content i mean like you definitely want to if you do sign up for reactive redefine like you do want to look at all the course content like do it as soon as possible because that's just going to make you more successful but um yeah looking through it like put the pull-off was one that i just hadn't known before the emergency u-turn i mean you and i worked through in person a lot of like pulling him through when he was like at the height of his reactivity but you know emergency u-turns how to settle um how to train a good and trustworthy place you know how to like basically give him markers one that was huge that well we worked on it in person too but also in the course content was touch we use touch all the time like especially when other people are coming over and all that um it's huge to help him like focus on you know what I'm asking him. So yeah, there's so much stuff in the course content that is just, and you can have it. I mean, I go back to it still all the time. Like it's not going to go anywhere, which is really, really nice because we're going to need it still in the future. So. <laughs> right, so for everyone listening, when you register for Reactive Redefined, you get lifetime access to the course content. We cover a lot of skill sets in there that we know that not everyone's going to be able to retain and implement right away. But we have those because we know that it's a progression, right? We know that it's like you need immediate skills to troubleshoot the immediate thing. But then as you make progress there, then that opens up the window of opportunity for some of these other skill sets. And I think that something that's also really beautiful about all of the skills that we put in the course content is not only does that help you troubleshoot reactivity, but it also is amazing life skills that you can use even if your dog isn't reacting, right? So it's like, we really try and give you all of the skill sets so that when you need them, you can access them, train them and implement them in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So the group calls have been so fun. I love having you in the group calls. You're such an amazing asset. Oh, thank you. 
that's so cool about the group calls too, is like, obviously I'm guiding the calls, but I really, you know, I, I like to leave it open so that you all can just like talk and share and connect. And like, you know, it turns out that not only do y'all have reactive dogs in common, but you all are really kind human beings. So it makes plenty of sense that everyone will connect in that dynamic too. Yeah, that's been really, really cool. I kind of referred to it earlier, having kind of that community, being able to speak to other people's problems, like, hey, I've been through that. And like, maybe this is kind of how I troubleshooted it. And like, you know, this is what my dog does. And, you know, there's um, another little Aussie in our group right now. So I love like chatting with, you know, that um, dog guardian, you know, love her. She's great, sweet, sweet person. So yeah, like you said, there's so many just nice, awesome benefits to having those group calls and just being able to just talk about progress or what's not going well because that we are humans and they are dogs and <laughs> everything's not going to go well 100% all the time so yeah that's been really really wonderful to have that it's been it's been great oh my god I always leave those calls and I'm just like smiling I'm like <laughs> I'm so warm and full, right? Like, it's just, it's so beautiful to see you all connect and like, yeah, right. Creating that safe space that like, if your week was shit, tell us about it, right? Like, why was it shit? What can we do about it? Is there anything that needs to be done about it? And like, what is one good thing that we can focus on? Because I think as reactive dog guardians, you know, I, I tell you guys this in the group calls all the time, but you're the 99th percentile of dog guardians, right? Like you are extraordinary people for stepping up for these dogs who need it. And I think sometimes we get so bogged down and like, this needs attention, this needs attention, this needs attention, that we forget to celebrate like those small wins, right? Like, okay, the dog lunched and lost his shit, but he shook off and he looked at me seconds later, right? Yeah. And I think just like that framework you can take that during the week and that can get you through some of like, you know, the less than ideal situations we find ourselves in when we're attached to reactive dogs. Yes, absolutely. Being able to just have the tools to know this is what I do in this situation and just getting to know your dog on such a deep level and just knowing what works for them and what doesn't. Um, definitely reactive redefined has taught me all of that. It's just been so, so awesome to have. So yeah. Tucker is lucky to freaking have you. He's so lucky. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So Jenny, um, do you want to share just some final words of wisdom for maybe the reactive dog guardian that's listening, that's struggling. And they're like, do I do it? Do I just take the plunge? Do I sign up for reactive redefined? Um, yes. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> right now, <laughs> do it. Um, highly recommend. I mean, the beautiful thing about Reactive Redefined too is you don't need to live in Colorado. You don't need to have in-person sessions with Rachel. You can just be on Reactive Redefined, you know, do virtually, do the course content. Like you don't have to be here in Colorado to like have this awesome program to be a part of. Like it's so, I mean, we have people from all over in our group, like all across the country. I mean, and I know like even it's just, it's a far reach. It's really, really cool what Reactive Redefined is doing. And if you have a reactive dog and you are just at the end of your rope and you're literally crying like I was all the time, um, don't give up. It's, it's really hard, but you know, um, in my mind, it's kind of like I, this dog came into my life for a reason. It wasn't for no reason at all. And, um, it's worth it to try. It's worth it for you. It's worth it for them. Um, there are things that can be done. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience, but man, you just got to stick with it. 
Yeah. I, I have so much admiration for how you stepped up to the plate for how you can grow as a person being Tucker's guardian, yeah. right? That's hard, right? And not all dogs force our hand like that, do they, yeah. right? Like we get spoiled with easy dogs and then we get the not so easy dogs and they really force us to evolve as people. And you are already a beautiful, kind human being, right? But I, I think it's really cool to see you guys learning from each other. Yeah. It's really an amazing thing for sure. So. Okay. So Jenny, if people want to connect with you, um, can you tell them your Instagram handle? Yes, it is J M J J. So I'll actually actually spell it out for you guys if you want me to. Yeah. Um, it's J A Y M J A Y J A Y. Perfect. Oh my God. And we'll include that in the, the show notes so that people can connect with you and see your sweet boy. And like, I mean, Scout too. Shout out to Scout. Thank you for being the solid dog. Right. <laughs> oh Thank, my God. You. Jenny, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.